Thanks, music team. Thank you. Morning, church. Sir, yeah, I just need those lined up, Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> he doesn't like this. The stuff in the bag, thank you. As well as that. Morning, church. How's everyone? Good. So my name is Onami, and our family has been in Port Hedland since 2011. Um, and I just wanted to thank Pastor David and Pastor Lil for the opportunity to come and uh, just share this morning. And I also just wanted to say good morning to online viewers, uh, people in Karatha, in Newman, in Tom Price. And I think there's one more I've forgotten. But I just wanted to say welcome. One of the things that the pastors have as a vision for the church is to have connect groups across the Pilbara. So if any of the online viewers are interested in starting a connect group, please get in touch with the church. Last week, Pastor David started the series Hashtag Struggles, which is a book by Craig Rochelle. Thanks, Stephen. And today I'm going to be doing part two of that series and Brian will do the last bit, part three next week. And I'm going to focus on a chapter that he called, Craig called, Reclaiming Worship. But I've kind of come up with my own heading and I've called it Hidden Pain and Secret Pleasures. And hopefully that will come out in the message. Yesterday I was at the medical center. I had to go see the doctor and there was a sign that said that phones are not allowed and if anyone is found with a phone or is on their phone, they may be asked to leave. I had my phone in my hand, so I took my phone and just, I made a conscious effort not to go on my phone. But as I looked around the room, there was about four other people who were on their phones. And I wondered, are they gonna be asked to leave? But then when I thought about it, I realized that message was really about being on your phone and those people even though this is a phone it's much more than that I suppose that's why they call it a smartphone so they were not on the phone but they were actually using the device for something else I've personally found this series quite challenging in a good way and I've also had a few ouch moments from my kids since the series started or even just before Last week, Pastor David gave us a few questions to think about, and we had to kind of think about, okay, have I done this or have I not? And I was sitting over there, and my daughter happened to be sitting, on one of my daughters happened to be sitting in front of me. For every single question that Pastor David asked, she did this. <laughs> she did it, and she made it so obvious. She kept looking at me, and I'm thinking, this child, She's going to make people think that I'm always on my phone or doing something like that. Every single one of those things. But then it got me really thinking, is it possible that that's what I'm doing? I have a quote here that I wanted to share that's from the book. And it pretty much summarizes what I'm talking about today. It was from a lady called Amanda. With the advancement of social media, it's become easier than ever to connect with people around the world. If we're not careful, 
These online interactions can become more of a priority than the people right around us. In hashtag struggles, Craig Crochelle shares great principles that help me look beyond the gadget in my hand to fully engage with the people in my life in a way that honors both God and them. Everyone who has a smart device needs to read this book. So I thought that was quite powerful. And like I said, I've had a few ouch moments with my kids. One started with my youngest child. She said to me, Mom, why is it that every time somebody asks you a question, it takes you so long to answer? And as she asked this question, I was doing online shopping, window shopping online. And I couldn't answer her because I was stunned um, by what she said, but also stung by it. Then there was my second daughter. She was in the pool one day and she says to me, with a big smile on her face, Mom, did you see that? I did exactly what the men in the Commonwealth Games did. And I was thinking, first of all, I have not been following the Commonwealth Games. Secondly, no, I did not see that. Because, of course, I was on my phone. So I missed it. And, of course, I had to kind of admit to her, no, I did not see it. So she had to do it again. Then there was my son. He said to me one day just before going to sleep, Mom... I'd really love it if one day you could just give me a hug without being on your phone. That really got me. Lastly, a few weeks ago, the kids and I were coming from a function, and it was evening time, and as we were going back home, I suddenly stopped the car. And there was a couple that had been at the same function and they drove past, or they almost drove past, but they stopped because they thought something was wrong. So they stopped to ask, is everything okay? And I said, no, no, everything is fine. We're all good. Thank you. And they proceeded. And the kids looked at me and said, mom, did you really just stop the car so you could check your messages? And I said, yes, because there was, you see those notifications? There was one of those. I stopped the car and I said to the kids, yes, I stopped because it was my boss. And it's very, it might be really, really important. And of course it was important, but it could have waited. And it did wait until the following week. That's when I realized that it's quite possible I have a problem. I wonder if you can relate. I wonder if any of those situations apply to you. Have you had anything similar? Have you had relationships impacted in a positive or a negative way by technology, social media? Has your family been in any way affected by, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? What are the other ones? Pardon? Snapchat. Anything else? Oh, WhatsApp, of course. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> Tumblr, I think there's one called Tumblr. Yep, and there's many more. Pastor David asked us or suggested that we might want to download an app called Checky. I think it's called Checky. Yep, so I went and downloaded Checky. And I, I tried very hard not to go on my phone, but that was just the competitive side of me, trying to beat the app. But then after a while, I realized that was not going to work. Because as I reached for my phone, I thought, 
checky checks how many times you go on the, on the phone or the device, but really, I realized as I went on that, I was either going for my album, right? Or maybe the phone, or the journal, another journal, or maybe I was just reaching for my Bible, another journal, or maybe I was just reaching for the calendar, or a game, or email. So I realized that if I didn't go on that, I would have to go on those. So it's a time saver. We can all agree that technology is actually a good thing. We do actually need it, right? Right? Okay, no response. I mean, we do live in a digital age. Times have changed. The church has to get with the program, doesn't it? Yeah? I'm not getting much of a response today. So what's so unique about hashtag struggles? Why, why bother? Why, why did Craig write the book? Is it important? Research indicates that there is, in Australia, 15 million Facebook access, being accessed per month for Facebook. It was nine, sorry, it was nine million in 2011, and it's 15 million. It's been 15 million since 2016, I believe. So, if we're looking to find out what the big deal is about hashtag struggles as opposed to any other struggle, is that it's coming big, it's coming fast. And as the church, we may not be able to catch up. And so, we do need to talk about it. And there is hashtag struggles. It's also really important for us to talk about hashtag struggles because the minute I say I'm a Christian, a follower of Christ, I'm actually also saying that I am operating under a different government, different rules, different authority by virtue of being a Christian. Craig Rochelle makes a suggestion that it's quite possible that technology or social media is the idolatry of this age because our use has gone up and possibly gone out of control. Now, some people might say, well, you know, I've got healthy boundaries around the use of social media, which may be true. But the reality is one of us, or we may know one person, we may know family members or friends who don't have clear boundaries around social media. And so this topic is important for all of us. What can we learn from the Word of God? What does He have to say about this stuff? I want to go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. If we can put it up. From verse 15, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, you saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you at Harab out of the fire. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully so that you do not become like a man or a woman 
or like any animal on earth or any bird that flies in the air or like any creature that moves along the ground or any fish in the waters below. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. But as for you, the Lord took you and brought you out of iron smelting furnace, out of Egypt, to be the people of his inheritance as you are now. I just wanted to go through those verses and just highlight some key things that I saw in there. Verse 15 says, you saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you at Herob out of the fire. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. First and foremost, not even God dared to show his form to the children of Israel. Not even God. So how then do we even consider making an image. It says, be careful, make a conscious effort to do what? So that, it says, you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol, an image of any shape. We are cautioned to be careful in order to avoid corruption. I, I had to look up this word corruption and one uh, definition that stood out said that Corruption is to move something from its original purpose. We might think we have not made an idol for ourselves because we have not sat down and created an object that we can touch. We might think of idolatry as something that is done in other cultures or in other eras. So we might think that idolatry is something that is far off. But how much time do we spend? How much of our waking hours, do we, do we find focusing on technology? We're not just talking about screen time. We're talking about the changes in our relationships, the changes in our marriages, the changes in our work culture, in our families because of technology, the changes in our parenting because of our relationship with technology. So how might one know that they being corrupted. Some examples that I found were this. Is it possible that you can't hold a conversation without checking your phone? Is it possible that you can't stop checking your phone for updates? Checking your social media for comments, likes, shares several times a day. Checking the number of likes on your post and that influencing your mood for the day. I read somewhere that there is this concept of the fear of missing out. I don't know how valid that is, but apparently people have a fear of missing out. And so we're constantly going on our social media just to check for the latest thing, just in case you missed a post or missed a comment. The word says, do not give place to anything, regardless of the qualities of that thing before God. Do not give anything first place apart from God. Maybe the image, the image is like a man or a woman 
And looking at that scripture that says, do not create an image that is like a man or a woman, it made me think about the image of self. Do you have an obsession with self? And according to research that Groeschel looked at, 80% of what people do on social media is about themselves. Can someone get, guess what the word of the year was in 2013? Pardon? Very good. In 2013, that was the word of the year, selfie. Are selfies bad? Anyone? Are selfies bad? No? Who took a selfie this past week? Just one person? Okay, three, four, five, six, seven. No one on this side. Okay, selfies are not bad. Nothing about technology is bad, and it's really important that we understand that. I want to look at verse 19. It says, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshipping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. It's talking about the sun and the stars, the heavenly array. Now, when I thought about that and tried to compare that with social media, I thought, the thing is, being on social media is like being in a whole other world. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I've had times where I felt like I live in two 